It's Monday, September 23rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into what the hell is going on with President Trump, Joe Biden, and Ukraine. A perfect phone call with the president of Ukraine. This appears to be an overwhelming abuse of power. There's a lot to unpack here, so we've done it for you. You're welcome. Then, the UN Climate Summit was today. We'll break down how countries say they're taking action. And finally, the royals are in Africa. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by John Hancock. Skim This helps you understand the news today. John Hancock can help you plan for tomorrow. The most complicated story today is about Ukraine. Last week, we told you about a whistleblower complaint made by someone in the intelligence community. This person reportedly alleged that President Trump had made a promise to a foreign official. But we didn't know who that foreign official was or what the promise was about. Then we learned the official in question was the president of Ukraine and that the two talked about former Vice President Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. That's when the already complicated story got a lot more complicated. So today we're going to get into what's the deal with Hunter Biden and Ukraine, what Trump is alleging Joe Biden did, and whether Trump talking about it with the Ukrainian president is above board. Let's get into it by going back to 2014. Ukraine had a lot going on that year. Thousands were protesting against the country's pro-Russia president, who ended up fleeing to Russia. Then the Russians came in and annexed Ukraine's southern region called Crimea. And Russian-backed fighters started waging a new war in eastern Ukraine against the Ukrainian military. So, rough year for Ukraine. And it was around that time that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden took a seat on the board of a major Ukrainian energy company, one with ties to Ukraine's ousted president. Hunter Biden was reportedly paid as much as $50,000 a month by this company. Hunter took that gig while his dad was VP and was pretty much overseeing U.S. policy in Ukraine and trying to support the new government. Father and son apparently have a long-standing promise not to talk about work. But, you know, awkward timing. The Obama White House said, no conflict of interest to see here, though some experts said, eh, not quite. And Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, has been trying to make this a thing since the spring. And in July, according to these new reports, Trump himself called up the newly elected president of Ukraine and asked him to look into the Bidens. Trump accuses Joe Biden of using his power as vice president to help the company that Biden's son was working for. In 2016, a couple of years after everything changed in Ukraine, the Obama administration and other Western governments agreed that Ukraine's top prosecutor was failing to fight corruption in the country. And point person, VP Biden, started pressuring the Ukrainian government to fire him. But that same prosecutor allegedly investigated the company that Hunter worked for. So Trump alleges Biden pushed the prosecutor out to get the Ukrainian company his son was working for off the hook. Trump's been getting a lot of questions about his allegations. And today, he made a shocking statement, trying to point out what he sees as a double standard. If that ever happened, if a Republican ever did what Joe Biden did, if a Republican ever said what Joe Biden said, they'd be getting the electric chair by right now. To be clear, 
there's no evidence either Biden did anything wrong. And at the time, a lot of people wanted the prosecutor to go, not just Biden. And while the prosecutor had reportedly been investigating the company, that investigation ended a year before the calls to fire the prosecutor. So the timing doesn't exactly match up. We should also mention that Hunter quit the board earlier this year. On Saturday, after the news of Trump's phone call came out, Joe Biden said, enough about me. Look at what the president is doing. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? Of course, the question on many people's minds is, is what Trump did legal? Over the weekend, Trump appeared to admit to talking to the Ukrainian president about Biden, but says the chat was absolutely perfect, straight, and honest. But some are pointing to the timing of this phone call which was made around the same time that lawmakers were trying to get the White House to release close to $400 million worth of military assistance to Ukraine. Those funds were finally unfrozen two weeks ago. Some experts say if Trump was holding back that Ukrainian aid money, making an I scratch your back, you scratch mine offer to the Ukrainian president, that could mean bribery or a campaign finance violation especially if the intent was to go after Biden, who's running for president and is right now leading Trump in the polls. But even though some say these allegations are very serious, it might not be the job of law enforcement to deal with it. That said, according to the Constitution, a president can be removed from office if they're impeached and convicted for things like, quote, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, something some Dems have already been working on. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been pretty tight-lipped when it comes to the I-word, impeachment. But the House Intelligence Committee has been trying to get to the bottom of this complaint. And yesterday, Pelosi wrote a letter basically saying that the Trump administration needs to hand over the text of the complaint by Thursday or else. Republican Senators Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney also called on the president to be transparent. So the facts could come out. The White House is now considering whether to release the transcript of the call, so Congress and the American public can see what exactly the whistleblower was so concerned about. So what's the skim? Last week, we learned of reports that a whistleblower was concerned about a phone call Trump made with a foreign leader. According to new reports, that leader was the president of Ukraine. Trump reportedly asked him to open an investigation that could implicate Hunter Biden and possibly his dad, the former VP. Trump says, yeah, we talked, but there's disagreement over whether the substance of the call was on the up and up. As the story continues to develop, we could maybe get more details on Thursday. Yeah, it's only Monday and we're already looking forward to the end of the week. But Thursday's when the acting director of national intelligence is expected to publicly testify on Capitol Hill. That's the guy who so far refused to hand that whistleblower complaint to Congress though some are hoping his testimony will spill a bit more tea. Today, the United Nations held its big climate change summit. Usually these things involve all the countries getting together to talk things out. But Secretary General Antonio Guterres made crystal clear He's done with all talk, no action. The summit was still going on when we recorded today's episode. 
but we did see some meaningful announcements in three areas. New emissions targets, the future of coal, and climate finance. First up, pledges to reduce emissions. When countries signed on to the Paris Climate Agreement a few years ago, they had to submit national climate plans to go green in a number of areas, including by reducing carbon emissions. Countries got to choose what to aim for, but whatever they said they do then, they're on deadline to update those targets and get more ambitious by next year. But the UN wants to jump on it now, and today, India was one of reportedly 66 countries that committed to dialing up its pledge by next year. 30 other countries reportedly went even further, aiming to hit net zero carbon emissions by 2050. That would mean countries are taking out of the atmosphere the same amount of carbon they're emitting. The second major thing that came up today were pledges to ditch coal. The UN wants countries to end fossil fuel subsidies and stop building new coal plants starting next year. Some countries talked a big game on coal. Germany said, we'll stop using coal by 2038, so 19 years from now. And Slovakia said, we'll do it in four years. But those countries already made those promises before today. Meanwhile, the US, India, and China still operate a lot of coal plants. China is even opening new coal plants around the world, and none of these countries pledged to get rid of those coal plants today. So the UN wanted to see more progress, but got no real updates from the major players. And finally, let's talk about another type of green, money. A lot of people say progress on tackling climate change will really take off when it makes economic sense. And that might be happening. In many parts of the world, building new renewable energy sources is now cheaper than building new fossil fuel plants. And right before Monday's summit, 130 banks worth a combined $47 trillion agreed to start limiting support for fossil fuel projects, which could move the green needle even more. But at the end of the day, what does it all mean? Some of the climate pledges made today sound pretty impressive, but politicians and business people weren't the only ones speaking today. Team climate activist Greta Thunberg got her time at the mic too and used it to blame political leaders for being slow to respond to a problem they should have started fixing decades ago. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? You've got a lot going on. It's easy to get caught up in the present and forget the future. But the only way to enjoy what's to come is to prepare for it now. So after this episode, take a minute to think about your future, as in buying a house, building a family, and planning for retirement. Think of it as self-care for future you. That's a lot to think about. We can help. We've partnered with John Hancock to make it easier to live smarter, plan smarter, and face the future, whatever that looks like for you. Go to theskim.com forward slash future to learn more. Today, we're talking about the way millennials are sharing their concerns about retirement with each other and with the world. So what's your reaction when you hear the words millennial and retirement? Judging by the hashtag millennial retirement plans, which has gone viral on Twitter, it probably isn't a positive one. In the last week, a lot of young people have been using that hashtag to describe why they won't be able to retire. Someone joked that their goal was to move to the main floor of their parents' house, which, hey, beats the basement. 
Another person worried that retiring would mean giving up her employee-sponsored health insurance, which she needs to pay for insulin. The whole thing felt a bit morbid, despite the clever memes people came up with. The truth is, millennials are struggling to keep pace with the economic standards their parents enjoyed, and wage growth hasn't kept pace with rising living costs and student loan debt, which means that the future looks grim. But as politicians consider big-picture fixes and self-help gurus recommend getting your side hustle on, retirement experts say one old saying still holds true. It's never too early to start saving for retirement. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from South Africa. Today, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex officially kicked off their first royal tour as a family since the birth of their son Archie in May. First stop, an organization in Cape Town that, among other things, teaches young girls self-defense. I want you to know that for me, I am here with you as a mother, as a wife, as a woman, as a woman of color, and as your sister. The royal family's 10-day tour focuses on causes near and dear to Harry and Meghan's hearts, including wildlife protection, mental health, and women's empowerment. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.